Hi, I'm Richard Epcar, and you're listening to Byte. How's it going, everybody? It's uh, me, Aiden Hall. That's right. It's my wonderful voice, which means it's time for another wonderful episode of the Anime A-Team, the only anime podcast broadcast throughout the land of Bo. <laughs> uh, as I said, my name is Aiden Hall. Joining me is my wonderful red-headed co-host. I couldn't do this without Mr. Royce McCoy. Now you didn't come for us. No, you came for the name. For decades, he has been a voice acting legend throughout anime, video games, television. You've heard him on... Mortal Kombat as Raiden. You've heard him as Bobo Bo on Bobo Bo 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 Bo. Skyrim. Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell is Bato. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are joined by a voice acting legend, the one and only Richard Epcar. Sir, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing all right. Kind of cold. Yeah, it's a little, little chilly. Where, where are you? Where are you? Uh, uh... Indianapolis, actually. We're in uh, Muncie, Indiana, Ball State and University. That's my sister used to live in Indianapolis, actually, for a long time. Oh, very cool. Good sense. Yeah. So we just want to jump right in. What got you into voice acting so many years ago? Well, I I was a theater major in college, and uh, I came out to L.A. to be an actor, like a lot of people do, and uh, <laughs> I uh, actually did pretty well. I did a lot of soaps and TV shows and some films, and... Uh, I met my wife, Ellen Stern, in a uh, repertory theater, and she basically was doing this movie one time. It was kind of a you know small, uh, low-budget movie, and they had another film that they had done, and they weren't crazy about the uh, actors' voices in the movie that they did, so they wanted to replace them. So they had auditions, and she said, can I bring my boyfriend, who was me? And I went in there, and the guy said, have you ever done this before? And I said, oh, yeah, I've done it a million times, and I never did it before in my life. <laughs> and I went in there, and I, uh, I really took to it like a duck to water because I think part of it is I, I'm a drummer, and there's a real rhythm to this stuff, particularly the, the dubbing stuff. Oh. And uh, so I just really took to it, and it came very uh, easy to me, and uh, they really liked me, and they cast me in the lead. And then this company went on to have a lot more projects, and they put me in that, and then from that, I got into uh, to working for a company called Intersound, and we did a lot of uh, shows uh, back in the day, but the most important one was Robotech. Oh, yeah. And I played uh, three different characters in that, and then from that, I just went on to every anime series under the sun. <laughs> and then I started directing them, and I started doing a lot of games, and I'm in uh, tons and tons of games now, which is great, and I'm directing games, and... Uh, and my wife and I, we have a company called Epcar Entertainment. I don't know how we arrived at that title, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, we uh, we do we do games, we do animation, we do a lot of foreign films into English. We've done a lot of Academy Award winning uh, foreign films into English, where I've written and directed the adaptation, and uh, and my wife has done a lot of that work as well. So uh, so we've been doing this a long time, uh, thirty years now. Uh, so I've. And I've acquired over 500 different characters in games and animation uh, that I've uh, and anime that I've that I've voiced. So it's been it's been a terrific ride. We've had a lot of fun. That's incredible. Past. How do you feel like it's the industry's changed over the years? I mean, 30 year past. Like, what does it look like today compared to what it looked like 30 years ago? 
Well, you know, the bad news is, is that uh, everything now needs to be done twice as fast, if not faster, and wow. twice as cheap. And, you know, they just want everything done really quick and uh, fast. And it's just, it's kind of... It's kind of a shame because, you know, you just don't really get to take the care that you would have liked to. Uh, we just did, uh, which is really exciting. We're very excited about this, actually. But we just uh, did the new loop on the third ser series. Oh, yeah. And I got to reprise my character of Jigen. And I also direct it. And Ellen also directs it as well. And she plays a variety of characters in it. Uh, but what's really kind of cool about it was is I got to bring back the original cast from the Red Jacket series, which I did 12 years ago, and directed that as well and played Jigen in that. So it was really kind of cool. But but the sad part was <laughs> is that we had an insane uh, time uh, restraint on this oh. thing. We really had to had to, to we basically had like a half or a sixth of the time we would normally have to do this stuff. But I still think it came out really well, thanks to the incredible talent that we brought in. And uh, I'm, I'm sure people will really enjoy it. It's really great. And it was just so great for me to be back doing uh, Lupin again, because I, I, I've always had a, a soft spot in my heart for that series and those characters. So that was really very cool. Actually, our next question was, how was it feeling to come back to a show that you worked on almost like 12 years ago yeah. and directing it and everything? And It felt, it felt great. I, the only thing, like I say, we just had a, we had to really rush, which I, I don't like doing, but uh, we didn't have a choice. And that was, you know, one of the provisos of, the, of getting the gig. So uh, it all worked out. We were just, all of us, we're very stoked to be back and part of the show. And uh, we're going to try to put together some some uh hopefully we can do some conventions together as the cast i think that would be really really cool i think the fans would really dig it okay um i was wondering you feel do you feel like it's different how uh obviously now that you're directing and not just acting but doing both how do you yeah. feel like the shows that you're directing are different from the ones that you worked in earlier that you weren't directing like in lupin you were we're just acting earlier, but now you're acting and directing. What do you feel like you brought? Well, to it no, in directing? the original loop on the third series, I was a director. Okay. Well, uh, in other shows like Ghost in the Shell, I know you directed Innocence. Yeah. Uh, how? What do you think you brought to the directing in uh, Innocence that wasn't in the others? Well, um, you know, in that particular instance, uh, when you're when you're the actor, you're basically at the uh, behest of the director. You you have to kind of do their bidding. You know, you're <laughs> you're in the booth, and you ba the director's basically the the painter, and you're the paint. So you kind of have to allow him to to direct you and guide you. Um, when I was doing Ghost in the Shell, uh, Kevin Seymour, who was a wonderful guy who recently passed away, uh, unfortunately. Uh, who had brought Ghost in the Shell to America uh, and cast me as Bateau, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, he was a great guy and a good director, but um, there was times when I didn't always agree with him or with his choices. So for me to, to be able to direct a Ghost in the Shell uh, show and play Bateau and do Bateau the way I want to do Bateau was really wonderful for me to be able to do that. Uh, the, the ironic thing about that particular one was that after we did our version of it, 
uh, ba Bondi came along and said, oh, well, we want to do one, too. We want to do an English version of it, which was like five <laughs> years after the fact. And we said, OK. So they brought me back and then they brought back all the Gitz people, the the uh, the you know, Mary uh, Claypool, who wrote the script for the Gitz series. And uh, and Kevin Seymour came back and directed and they wanted me back as Bateau. So. I played Bateau in the same movie with their script and their direction. It was kind of bizarre, I got to tell you. But what the hell? I got paid twice. So what do I care? You know? There you go. Now, but uh, you know what? What I bring to it is, uh, I bring first of all, I bring years of experience and a theater background, and I'm an actor. So I know uh, a lot of the directors are not actors. So I think that it really helps to be an actor and a director because. I know how to talk to the actors. I know how to communicate with them. I know how to get what I want out of them. And sometimes that's a hard thing for directors that don't have that background, you know. And uh, I also have a lot of fun when I direct. And my philosophy on that is that if everyone's enjoying themselves and having fun, then you, then everyone's comfortable and then they're going to be free to create, uh, you know, whatever they whatever they can create I, I've worked for directors that yell at actors and things like that and and all that does is just make the actor tighten up and you're not gonna get a good performance out of a uh, an actor when you do that so you know the thing is to create an environment where the actor feels safe and comfortable and he feels like he can create and give you his best work and that's what I do when I direct do you feel like in like modern times with the short turnaround times for uh, making these dubs do you feel like it's harder to make these that comfortable fun environment now well you know we still find the time to do that I mean you know we, we have to do it obviously we have to kind of keep our eye on the clock too which is you know a lot more so than we did in the past you know it was it's always something it's always a time constraint operation to begin with because there's it's a lot of money and you're paying you know a recording studio and an engineer and there's people doing all this work so you have to uh, always be aware of it and try to try to get what you need as quickly as possible and and that's what I I do uh, we actually even with this ridiculous time constraint we actually finished a day and a half early which I couldn't oh, believe oh, wow. we had we literally had over 10,000 lines of dialogue oh my gosh so it was pretty crazy but uh, we got it done and you know I, I just felt like I worked with the A team you know I got <laughs> I got the people I wanted in there and uh, those people really knocked it out of the park so uh, that's what it takes, you know. You and I, I and unfortunately, I always have people saying, "Well, I'd like to get into this. I like to do that." And I, I listen. You know, more power to you. You should absolutely follow your dream. But that being said, when I get these projects and we have these ridiculous time constraints, I cannot bring in newbies or green people. I have to bring in top season professionals that really know how to do this stuff and do it quickly because we have to really scoot and get it done. So. Uh, unfortunately, it's 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 getting tougher and tougher. I think for the new people to break in. Gotcha. So you know, we've been talking about the fast schedule for you know getting anime and voicing and everything handled. What's some of the big differences you've noticed from doing voice acting for anime, foreign films, and video games more recently? Well, you know, it, it really depends on the particular show because every show has its own kind of uh, feeling or voice. And so, you know, it depends on is the show, is it a real show? Is it natural? Is it fantastical? Is it, you know, is it a comedy? Is it dramatic? You know, you have to take all these elements into consideration before you, you kind of figure out what it is you're dealing with. Um, the, the difficult part with anime, for example, 
is that sometimes a lot of the stuff that uh, the Japanese find funny, we won't necessarily find funny or understand. So mm -hmm. right. we have to, uh, you know, there's two ways to handle it. You can do it, you know, like a literal translation, which a lot of these people are doing now, which I don't agree with. Right. But yeah. Or you can make it kind of user-friendly to an audience and then change it a little bit so that an American audience can kind of understand. You know, if there's a scene where there's a bunch of people standing around laughing, but the guy says something that to us is not funny, it doesn't make sense to me. So I, I have to have that guy say something funny in order to provoke that group of people la to laugh. So I, I kind of, you know, I think you need to stick to the, the gist of what, what it is they're saying in these scenes. But I think that to, to say sometimes these literal translations, they, when you look back on them, they don't make any sense at all. <laughs> And people are going, what the hell is he talking about? So I just think you have to make it uh, conversational and real and and uh, make it make sense. I can understand it being difficult to not just deal with like language translation, but almost cultural translations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of cultural things that are very different, and you have to take that into consideration. And do you want to do you want to highlight that, or do you want to downplay that? It just depends on you know. Usually, it depends on the client and what they're what they're asking. Um, now, as far as games go, games generally are uh, they're kind of theatrical for the most part. There are a few games that are very naturalistic, and you those are just you know, it's almost like film acting in those, which is which is great. And that's a lot of fun. But uh, things like you know Mortal Kombat and all this stuff, it's 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 a heightened it's a heightened reality. So you uh, you have to you know. Uh, bring it a little bigger than life. So that's like when I'm doing Raiden, for example, he's, he's a god, you know, he's the thunder god. He's a little bigger than life, and he's also in charge. He's in charge of these other characters, basically. So, uh, you know, he has to have that commanding presence, and he has to be, you know, very big. And, uh, um, and then the, the, there's the Joker. I do the Joker in several Batman games, and, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, the Joker is just a crazy, nutty character. And, you know, there's kind of no rules for that guy. So. You know, it just you just kind of go crazy and have fun, and then get therapy afterwards. So it's <laughs> it's kind of nice. Um, I one thing I always thought was kind of weird about like voice acting in video games. Uh, another voice actor we talked to once saw this as a strange issue was um, sounds with every single movement, where the directors would want people to have the characters make a sound when they turn their head, like oh, every single time. Yeah, that's kind of that's more in anime than it is in games. Really? really? Yeah. Anime is like that. I mean, every movement has a sound <laughs> to it almost, and it's it's almost kind of silly. But but the thing is, is if they don't do it, then you go, oh wait, something's mi missing, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, it just it's kind of a style, you know. Basically, you just have to look at it like that. It's just kind of a style, and uh, you know, once again, it depends on uh, what they did in the original and how close you want to stick to the original, and uh, you know, it just depends. I mean. The way that I, I broke into directing and writing this stuff was there was a uh, uh, this this uh, film from Hungary called uh, The Adventures of Captain Schnauzer. And the, the cartoon itself, the animation was absolutely gorgeous. It looked like something Disney had done. Mm. And, but the problem was the script was all about the economic situation in Hungary, which I'm sure oh. the children would really get a big kick out of that. <laughs> So we, they basically gave it to me, and you know, they asked her. Nobody wanted this project because it was very talking long, and they gave. They said, "Would you be interested?" I said, "Yeah, you know." And I, I directed a lot of theater, and I, 
you know, and I'd written some things and I thought, sure, I can do this. So, and I'd been doing a lot of voice work by that point. So I said, sure. And I took it and I based, and I said to them, do you mind if I, if I change everything and make it kind of contemporary and funny? And they said, no, we would like that. So <laughs> I changed it all and I made it funny. And I put in jokes and the thing was a huge success. And then the same company had this next uh, series called uh, Swiss Family Robinson, which was on the Family Channel. And then they asked, they said, can we get that same guy who wrote Schnauzer? And that's how I, I just started. And I've never, I haven't stopped working since. That was like about 30 years ago. So it's been, it's been uh, quite a nice ride, I have to say. And I, I feel like it's getting better and better all the time because I'm getting into more and more of these, these AAA games and these big, you know, projects. And I'm, I'm actually recording, uh, uh, you know, animation for DreamWorks and Disney and, oh, wow. oh. you know, doing some really cool big stuff that uh, I'm, I'm very proud of. You know, I was on uh, Legend of Korra, mm -hmm. uh, Nickelodeon, and, uh, um, you know, just a lot of Kingdom Hearts, uh, which is a huge game I'm doing for Disney. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's been very, very fun and very cool and uh, very happy to be part of a lot of these, uh, these new projects. Now, that was something I was kind of curious about. You have such this deep and almost authoritative voice how did you prevent being typecast as like this villainous character or this e more evil character throughout all the years that you've been doing this? Well, who says I haven't? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I play a lot of villains and I play a lot of heroes. I don't play a lot of dentists, though. So, but uh, <laughs> That's true. But, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I mean, you are kind of, uh, you know, the thing is that I'm also a very large person. So whenever there was like these big characters people would immediately think of me and bring me in for that stuff, which is fine. You know, I honestly, that's, that's kind of the way I cast stuff too. If I see a character in a show and it reminds me of a certain person, I bring that person in and nine times out of 10, it's perfect. It's a perfect match. So, uh, I know a lot of people would cast me as these big giant characters. Now it took many, many years before people started allowing me to do these other characters that I had in my head, these other voices. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I started doing all these really, you know, like I said, the Joker is very different than me. In fact, most right. people mm -hmm. hear it have no idea that's even me. In fact, a lot of people, when I was first cast as the Joker, they kept writing, well, I, I, what's that going to sound like? Because they thought I was going to do my Bateau voice for the Joker. <laughs> and they just didn't understand how that was going to work. But, uh, you know, which I didn't, obviously. There's a character I do called Mr. Noisy on the Mr. Men show. <laughs> and he's, he's a, he, completely different very high voice and very different and and people hear these voices they go oh my god i can't believe that's you but you know the thing is the thing that i love about voice acting is that you can create any character that you can create uh, vocally and uh, whereas you can't do that on camera you're kind of relegated to the way you appear now you can do makeup and all that stuff and you can be you can be pretty different sometimes but for the most part particularly on television if you notice tv stars they're basically the same person in every show they do you know they're, yeah. they're they play themselves in a different situation but uh with this you get to be all of these this myriad of characters and it just to me it's almost more uh, creative in many ways you know so i think we're gonna start uh wrapping up we usually have our little inside the voice actor studio same six questions we ask everyone so uh -oh. what is the one thing you look forward to most at conventions or a big fan gathering or you know working with the same people on panels and things like that um well you know i i have to say i for the most part i really enjoy doing conventions just because 
you know, I'm stuck in a dark booth for hours and hours <laughs> every day. And uh, it's just really, it's so much fun for me to go to these conventions and see these people that are really, that really, A, really enjoy your work, and B, really get behind it and, and appreciate it. And, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, this character saved my life. You know, I kind of find that hard to believe. But, you know, <laughs> they, and then there's, there's people that I've had uh, from Robotech tell me I joined the military because of Robotech. And I thought, wow. Oh, you know? wow. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's to, to think that you're doing something that has a positive impact on people and that they, you know, they really appreciate what you're doing and they, they like the work and uh, they get a kick out of it and they, they're excited to meet you. So it, it's really fun for me. I mean, listen, it's, it's a blast. So I really enjoy it a lot. Did that answer the question? Oh, yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, I was yeah. talking for such a long time. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> Now you've done so many voices. I know it's hard, but can you think of like one or two that are your absolute favorite that you've done throughout your long and storied career? Well, I have to pick more than one or two. I'm sorry. That's uh, fine. I have I have a real affinity towards Bato. I love Bato. He uh you know, he's very similar to me in many ways and he basically sounds like me, you know. <laughs> so I've gotta like him. And and Jigen is really a fun character. I just oh. did Jigen again and I I just really love doing him. Um, the Joker, I mean, he's such an iconic character right. mm -hmm. and so much fun to do that uh, it was it was really a, a, like a dream come true to be able to play him. And I'm going to be doing him again coming up soon, but shh, mum's the word. Um, <laughs> and Raiden, I love doing Raiden because Raiden is, uh, is just, he's probably one of the most noble characters that I've ever played. And I just, I just really love his sense of justice and fairness and honor. And uh, I just really respect that. And it's really a, a, a joy to play him. Um, I'm trying to think of whatever. Uh, I just, I, this was kind of fun. I got cast as uh, Commissioner Gordon in several of uh, these new uh, animated Batman uh uh, movie series. It's uh, Batman Unlimited, oh, and that wow. was yeah. that was fun. And, and anytime I can be in the Batman universe, I'm I'm happy. You know, to be <laughs> part of that. Um, gosh, I you know, there's so many of them. Uh, all of the Robotech stuff, the Transformers. I was in. I was several Transformer characters to be part of that franchise is awesome. Um, Kingdom Hearts to be Ansem in Kingdom Hearts is great. The greatest fans on the on the planet, Kingdom Hearts fans. Um, trying to think, I'm, I know I'm leaving some out, and people are going to go, "Why didn't you say that?" But super like just the nose hair. Come on, kid. Did you ever have to yeah. practice like how many bows to say? No, but <laughs> it, it, it did take me a while. They had the clients in the room, and I had to say it a certain way, or they uh -huh. get very upset. Oh. I finally had to learn the right way to say it, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, you know that's a, that's a funny story because I I basically turned that down five times. Oh wow, and, really? Yes, because I I was just super busy when this came up, and I saw the show and I thought this is this is the dumbest show I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. So they just they kept they kept calling me and and emailing me, and they really wanted me to do this. And they had, they had auditioned tons and tons of people. And they just didn't like anybody as well for the part and. So I finally gave in, you know, 
and I'm glad I did. It was it turned out to be a lot of fun. We had a great time working on it. But uh, it is a crazy show, and it's yeah, a yeah. lot. Of, you know, you have to be drunk or stoned to watch it. I think, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it it was a lot of fun working on it, and I, I'm glad I'm part of it. And it's funny how how many people all over the world really really love that show. So it's it kind like of funny. Pretty, it seems like it'd be pretty flattering that they'd they think no, it's got to be him. <laughs> Yeah, they really they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't let go, and uh, it's funny. I, I I'm really glad I I agreed to do it because it's turned out to be a, a fun thing. But uh, yeah, and there's some there's some new really cool uh, things that I'm working on, like this uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm playing oh, right. JoJo's. Excited Star. for the death of that. Yeah, it's very cool. And uh, I'm looking at my thing here, Sword Art Online Two. I play Thor, which makes me not only the god of thunder but the thunder god. So nice. <laughs> And then what else? I'm trying to think of what else we do. Uh, I actually do the voice of Deadpool, if you can believe that, in Gods and Secrets, which really? is coming out. And uh, I just did some voice work on the Deadpool movie, and we're going to go to a screening of it this Friday, a, a cast and crew screening of it, which I'm really excited to, to see the movie. It looks awesome. And I did all of the uh, the efforts for Colossus, the giant character. Oh, that's really cool. I'm excited yeah, for that. Really Really fun. Well, I do a lot of that stuff. I I was in uh, Planet of the Apes. I did the giant ape uh, buck. Oh, right. Yeah. I remember that. So, I, you know, just a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, Solomon Grundy and DC Super Friends, another Batman thing. Yep. Um, one of the fun things for me was I got to, to work on the new Pe Peabody and Sherman. I play uh, Julius Caesar on that, and uh, I got really? to work. Really? Yes. I know that was you. Uh, yes. <laughs> I got to play with, uh, you know, act off of uh, opposite of Chris Parnell, who is just oh. one guy. That was and, something I wanted to ask about. Um, back when you did Macross Plus, what yes. was it like working with Brian Cranston all those years ago? Well, Brian and I are still very good friends to this That's day. That's really cool. And, and he, I have to say, Brian is, aside from being an insanely talented actor and super successful, and and he is the greatest guy in the world. He really is. <laughs> the nicest person you ever want to meet. And, you know, every time I see him, he runs over and gives me a hug and he's, he just couldn't be nicer and Aww. he's just great. And he's been a friend of uh, Ellen and mine for, you know, for years and years, even before we did Macross plus together. So yeah, uh, I, I bump into him from time to time at the television Academy and places like that. And actually we were in New York and Ellen went and saw his show that he did the LBJ show that he did. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's an amazing, amazing guy. And, you know, he's just had some incredible opportunities. So, you know, he's very deserving. That's for sure. That's awesome. Is there anything you feel like about voice acting that just frustrates you to no end sometimes? Uh, it's really bad when you're working with a bad director. That, oh. That's really frustrating. But, you know, uh, you know, I have these, these days when I go in and, uh, I can I, I like to play and have fun in the booth and and play with the director. But if you have a director that just doesn't want to play and just wants something very specific, he doesn't want to hear from you. He just wants you to deliver the goods. Then I have like I, I like I flick off this invisible switch in my <laughs> head basically, and I just become you know his puppet and you know do what he needs me to do to to make it work for him. So, you know, and that's what that's what an actor has to do sometimes, you know. It's obviously it's a lot more fun and more artistically gratifying if you can work together. Uh but uh, sometimes it doesn't work that way. So, you know. 
I can't really imagine going into dubbing anime all all business and no fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's weird. But, you know, actually, you know, getting back to Kevin Seymour, there were not a lot of laughs in that when we did that show. Oh. At, uh, uh, Ghost in the Shell. But, uh, you know, when I do my shows, like I say, we have a lot of fun. You know, even on this last Lupin thing, we were, even though we had to, you know, we had to, you know, we were doing it at a breakneck pace, we still had a lot of laughs and enjoyed it. And you know what? I think the audience senses that. I think if you're having fun doing it, the audience has fun watching it. Yeah, you can definitely tell in like part two when you were the director and everything, all the fun you guys were having with God, over 100 episodes of that thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was really, I mean, it was very sentimental uh, coming back to this. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I have recently, I don't know why they keep, they keep casting me as Zenigata. I, 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 they brought me into Funimation in Texas, and I played Zenigata in. Oh, Fujikomine. Fujikomine. I played that, and then, and then I came back here, and there's a, I think it's called Jigen's uh, Tombstone, yep. which is a movie which they just did, and they had me play Zenigata in that too. And I said, you know, you guys do realize I've been doing Jigen for like twelve years, right? You know <laughs> that, that I've been doing it for all the games and all the TV shows and all the movies and. But they just, you know, they, you know, sometimes they just, they want to make it their own and shake it up and, uh, you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm happy to be part of it. So, you know, I was glad they included me, but I'm really super happy to be Jigen again because I feel like that's who I should be. <laughs> so, yeah. So what would be your advice to anyone interested in becoming a voice actor and trying to, you know, break through even this breakneck pace that you have to go through now? Go to medical school. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um no I, you know oh. honestly if this is something you really want to do then you should do it uh it's it's getting breaking in is the hard part and you know the thing that you need to know is that it's it's a very competitive business and that you uh if you want to be a voice actor you should take acting and become a really good actor first and then start working on the voice stuff and, uh, you know, train like an athlete would train, you know, just take as much acting as you can. If you're in college, take acting courses, take speech courses, take, uh, you know, maybe they have some uh, voiceover classes or voice acting classes. I, you know, and that's usually uh, an easier uh, way to go than to try to study with a bunch of, uh, you know, private people who are going to charge you an arm and a leg. You don't want to do that unless yeah. you're independently wealthy. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a difficult thing. And I, and I, I'm not trying to discourage anyone from doing it, but, you know, I think people see it and they just think, oh, this is so much fun. It would be a fun thing to do. And it is and it can be, but it's also a lot of work and it's very tough to break in. Um, so if, if it's something you really want to do, I'm not saying you can't do it, but, you know, you really need to be serious about it. And uh, just but the thing is, you want to be ready when they bring you in for an audition. You don't want to be green and terrible. If you go in like that, they'll remember you that way and they'll never bring you back again. So you want to make sure that you have a lot of, you know, experience under your belt, that you are competitive when you go in that booth, that you listen to what they tell you to do and and do it to the best of your ability and be polite and then leave and if you keep doing that, eventually you'll you'll get some work and you'll start working in it. And if you, you know, if you're good and you're talented, they'll start bringing you back. That first impression thing is probably very good advice for a lot of people. Yeah, it's very important because a lot of people want to rush in and do it, and they suck at it, quite frankly. And, you know, here's the deal is, you know, when we're doing these, these shows, 
you know, it's everyone gets the same pay. So you have your choice of working with the best people in the business or you're going to work with somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? So you're going to work with the best people in the business. And, and you know, it's unfortunate because it's very difficult to, to get to that point. But how do you get there? You just have to really train and, and work and be very confident and uh, in your ability and know what you're doing before you actually go in to audition for them because you want to make a good impression. And then finally, is there anything you'd like to talk or promote about or get out there that you want people to see? Oh, I should. I guess I should. Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on your show. Oh, and, of course. It was oh, our well. honor. And I, and I apologize for the uh, snafu yesterday. It just uh, <laughs> my, my agent, they're, they're, they're lovely people at Vox. They're great people. I love them, but they, they really keep me busy sometimes with auditions. And uh, <laughs> so that comes first, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, as far as uh, promoting, yeah, let me. I would like to say please go to my website, which is richardepcar.com, and you can see all of the uh, conventions that I'm going to be appearing at soon. And if you, you know, come by and say hi, I'd love to see you and meet you. Um, also, please uh, join me on Twitter. And uh, also on Facebook, I have a fan page on Facebook. Please come and come by and visit, and you can see, you know, what I'm working on uh, presently and the different things I'm working on, and uh, uh, you know, and uh, hopefully you'll you'll get a kick out of that. Uh, I should probably promote some of the. I'm going to put this up real quick so I can see where I'm going to be because I don't even know <laughs> where I'm going to be. I've got I've got so many conventions sometimes, you know, it's just hard to keep up with everything. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, let me see what this says here. Hang on. Okay, so in March, which is coming up here, if this computer would cooperate with me. I don't know what's going on with my computer. It's just slow, slow today. <laughs> I want to smack it, you know. Uh, so the first, the first uh, convention of the year I have is going to be at uh, Camicon in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. It'll be March 11th through the 13th. And Look forward to that. Yeah. Yes. And uh, according to this, although I'm not sure if that's true, it says that Ellen and I are both going to be there. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, that's true. Ellen and I will both be there, and it's in Birmingham, Alabama. Where You guys said, what part of the – oh, Indianapolis. That's yep. right. Um, and then in March 19th through the 20th, I'm going to be at AltCon, which is in North Florida – uh, and that's going to be just myself, um, and that's supposed to be a good show. And then this is a nice one. I know it's a little far off, but April first through the third, I'm going to be Ellen and I will be at ZenkaiCon, which is a big, big convention in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, oh. which we love, we love doing. Uh, in April eight through ten, I'll be at ClassicCon in Denver. And then April 23rd through 24th, I'm going to be at the Terracon, which is at the Rochester Institute of Technology. Oh, nice. And then there's a bunch more down the road, but, you know, you're not going to remember them all. But if you, if you want to know, if you'd like to meet me uh, in person and come see me and get something uh, autographed, uh, I, you can always go on my website, which, again, is richardepcar.com. And you can uh, see where I'm going to be and when I'm going to be there. And it tells you all that stuff. And uh, uh, so check it out. You get a chance. I hope you all, all listening right. get a chance to meet him because I know I certainly enjoyed my chance to meet him. <laughs> <laughs>
Did we meet before at a convention? No, I was just talking about right now. Oh, right now, okay. <laughs> but we're, we're meeting uh, electronically. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, that wraps up our show for you know today. Um, as always, I'm Aiden Hall. I'm Royce McCoy. And it's been a true honor having you on, sir. Thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. And, and we'll let me know you... where this is going to play so I can listen to it. Of course. And we will see you next time. Good night, uh, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>